Hi, I'm Anna Conchar. I work two days a week and run a multi-million dollar online business. I also have my MBA and I am a mom, foodie, and avid traveler. I started this show to teach you how to monetize the skills, knowledge, and passions you already have so you can put life first instead of work. Making money doesn't have to be hard or complicated or require you to grind 24-7 when you focus on the right things, and that's exactly what I'm going to teach you. So if you're ready to have more time, money, and energy to do what makes you happy and really live life, you are in the right place. Let's build your million-dollar side hustle. Welcome, everyone. I'm super excited for today's call. We have all of our students from Howard Bypass Academy and Advisory Insiders Pro. So welcome, everyone. Today's call is really a what we are calling like the state of the industry call. And I wanted to start doing these in 2024 because... We teach a lot of the fundamentals, which honestly has not changed in many, many years, right? If you think about it from like a Facebook ad standpoint, we have campaigns, we have ad sets, we have ads. The foundations really haven't changed a lot, but every year new things come up. It seems like every day ads manager or something is different, right? Trends are different. And I really wanted to bring on not just me, but also our two ads coaches from our programs to share with you really what we're seeing from the clients I'm working with or our own ads of like trends, things we're trying, just so that you guys are like up to date on the latest and greatest when it comes to Facebook and Instagram ads and paid ads in general. So first of all, I'm going to let Kelly and Lindsay introduce themselves because some of you may not know one or the other and then we'll dive in. Kelly, why don't you start? Why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Kelly. I am the alumni mentor currently in the AI Pro Group, which is awesome. I love it so much. Oh my God. I think that I joined AI Pro in 2018 in the summer. It's crazy to think that it's been almost six years. Like, mind-blowing for me <laughs> to think that like so much has changed like we just got our dog <laughs> and now I have a 20-month-old so yeah a lot has changed it's been the most amazing journey of my entire life and I love it and yeah I've gone from working with anyone and everyone who would hire me to I work specifically now with authors to help market their books and like I said, I love it every single day and I love sharing what I know with everyone else. So I'm super excited to be here today. And just a little brag moment for Kelly. Kelly, how many millions of books have you helped your clients? <laughs> Did you see that new thing? I just yes. completed that. The latest number is about 3.5 million books worldwide and then closing in on 1.5 billion page reads in KU and growing. So I'm super excited about those numbers. And I've started a trophy collection of books that have hit bestseller lists. I don't have it set up behind me yet, but I will. I'm loving it. Amazing. And Kelly, just so everyone knows, what were you doing before you joined Advisory Insiders Pro? I had done a lot of things. Specifically, when I joined, I was working in mortgage at a credit union. I went to school to be a teacher. But anyone here who's familiar with that knows that the burnout <laughs> that is insane. I was working in mortgage and I didn't hate it, but I was definitely undervalued. I make like, I had like three and a half times the amount of money that I made there working like half or less the time, most of the time. So it's a big deal. I'm valued now as a person. Yes. Kelly is amazing. Thank I'm you. I'm so, so grateful number one, to have been on this journey with you, but also just to have you as one of our coaches. Well, I'm grateful for you. And I constantly am telling the other people in the group too, like, Anna is amazing. Like, I'm so grateful for Anna. We don't talk enough. I know. We need to catch up. With small humans, I feel like it's, it's very hard. hard. 
we have childcare at different times. Well, you're about to have a third, so. Yes. Yeah, we're two weeks out now. So, well, awesome, Kelly. I'm super excited to have you here today. Lindsay, I'm going to let you go next. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. It's so good to be on the call with Kelly and Anna. I also went through the AI Pro program back in September of 2019. So Anna was my first introduction to Facebook and Instagram ads. When I enrolled in her course, I was a youth director at a church. So I was working with middle school and high school students, doing a lot of like evening and weekend work and looking for something that would allow me more flexibility. And since then, I've been able to do this full time now. So I work in poll, I work in Facebook and Instagram ads exclusively. Well, and TikTok a little bit here and there. I've managed over $2 million in ad spend in just the last calendar year. I was part of an $11 million launch and getting to see kind of the back end of what that looks like for one of my clients was really amazing. Primarily work with women-owned businesses who are online course creators or coaches or service providers. I have dabbled with a few like product-based businesses, like a jewelry business here and there. And I have done some male-owned businesses as well. But primarily my experience has been with women-owned businesses in the online industry. Yes. And Lindsay literally works with some of the biggest names in this industry. So she gets to see some real cool behind the scenes stuff when it comes to courses and coaches. So, so excited to have you here. And again, these, both of these women are absolutely amazing. So for me, for everyone who knows, I started out in advertising and marketing, like traditional agency world, moved into politics ran YouTube ads, Facebook ads, Google search ads, literally any sort of ad except Amazon ads. That's the one thing I never touched. LinkedIn ads, everything. And like even worked on some presidential super PACs. So got some really cool experience with that. And then went into working with clients. And I was like, Kelly, I'm like, anyone who will pay me, let's go. And then kind of slowly transition into the courses and coaching space. And now I just run my own ads. So my kind of what I'm sharing today and what I've seen are primarily for my own business. So where Kelly and Lindsay still are working with clients. So they get to see a lot of different, the back ends of campaigns. So they have a, a really good insight on like what's going on as a whole. Okay, cool. Awesome. So. I figure we'll dive in and share us three. We'll kind of share like some things that we're noticing. And then we'll also have a little Q&A at the end of any questions you guys have. So I think the biggest thing that I wanted to start with, which I'm sure Kelly and Lindsay, you have some insights and thoughts around this, is the Advantage Plus. We have like both like the campaign and the audiences, right? So has anyone noticed this when you go in to put an ad together, like this Advantage Plus? I don't even think CBO is a thing anymore. Like, I'm like, can we just stick with a name, you know? So when you, if especially for the Power by Passive Academy students, Lindsay actually just recorded a video about the Advantage Plus audience for you that's now in the course because basically Facebook is now kind of almost like automatically forcing you to use it. So I don't know, Kelly and Lindsay, have you guys tested out Advantage Plus versus not Advantage Plus? Okay, I would love to hear your thoughts. So I'll first share like what we're saying because I wanted to test it out. And then also hear your guys' experience. So Advantage Plus, first of all, what it really means is like when you go in and you select your audience, You're telling Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram, like interests that you think your audience might have or you're sharing, you know, what lookalike audiences you want. You're always choosing kind of like who you want to target within your ad set, right? Well, with Advantage Plus, Facebook is basically saying, I'm going to look at your suggestions and who you think is your audience but I'm also probably going to go outside of that audience to find people who are going to take the action that you are optimizing for at the campaign level. So with Advantage Plus, I forget what it, it used to be, the little check mark. Remember, it would like it was like hidden underneath. It'd be like, we might extend your audience. I can't remember right now. 
but you used to have to check it or uncheck it. And now it's just kind of like pre-selected of like, you're using Advantage Plus, which can be good and bad. So I'm going to share the good and the bad that we've seen so far. So this year in 2024, I have tested out interests and brands without using Advantage Plus, which means it's kind of like the traditional, like if I say I want to target people who like whole foods, then Facebook is only going to show that to people who like whole foods. And then I've also tested out Advantage Plus using the exact same target audience. Okay, so it's like I want to go after people who like whole foods, but I'm also going to allow you, Facebook meta, to go and find other people who you think would also be interested in this. So I've tested the two and we've actually seen better results from a cost per sale. That's another thing I'll talk about. Cost per sale standpoint for the Advantage Plus. So just interesting for that. So that's a good thing that we've seen as we've seen so far, like when we are optimizing for sales, that's something to note. We are seeing good results with the Advantage Plus option in that we're also putting our interests in, right? So we're seeing good results from that. Now, one thing that I have found that's a little sneaky about the Advantage Plus is if you are using custom audiences, So if you are selecting custom audiences of like, I want to reach my Instagram engagers or I want to reach my email list, right? If you have Advantage Plus selected, Facebook, Meta will go outside of those custom audiences. So if you are really specifically trying to hit your warm audiences, like for us, when we just ran a Powered by Passive Academy promotion, I like was putting together my ads and I was like, wait, this doesn't make sense for like the audience size. And even like when first went active, like our cost per click was like insanely low. I'm like, there's no way this is right. (laughs) And that's what I realized was that because Facebook had kind of automatically selected Advantage Plus for us, even though I only wanted to hit people who were a warm audience, Facebook was going outside of it. So when you are going after your warm audience, something to be really careful about is to make sure to continue to select that like old audience selection and not to use Advantage Plus because that's going to make a huge difference on who is seeing your ads. So those are kind of the things that I have noticed so far about Advantage Plus audiences. Kelly, Lindsay, do you guys want to share some of your experience with it? I'm super curious to hear if Lindsay has things to say too. I think that like Anna saying, it can be beneficial. Like, and I see from like a cost per sale standpoint, it can be good. When I'm working with authors though, not such a good thing. So when you're working in a rigid, like Anna was saying, like you have a, your list or whatever, or even not, but it's a very rigid set group of targeting. It's not very effective. And I'm going to give you an example. I work with a a very large author who writes romance novels. So romance novels are traditionally interesting to women, right? So we target women. When we tested the Advantage Plus targeting, I said, hey, let's target women. But it was like, no, no, men are giving us a lower cost per click. And I can only run traffic when the books are sold on Amazon because you can't put a pixel on Amazon, right? So we were getting lots of clicks from men, which is fantastic. And the cost was super low. But the men weren't buying the book because they're not written for men, right? They weren't written for them. So unfortunately, while we were getting amazing cost per click, we were getting zero sales. So I think that it can be super beneficial if you have something that appeals to larger groups. But again, if you have like this rigid targeting, not really going to be your best bet there. I had a discussion with some of the meta people about this. They were like, really, it shouldn't do that. I'm like, no, not it does. So yeah, that's that's my experience. That's really good to know. And I think that's really important for everyone here to understand when you're running ads is you have to not just look at what is your 
cost per click or your click-through rate, but what is that end result that you're wanting to achieve? And is it actually helping you achieve that end result, right? Like, especially in the course and like coaching space, like there's so much rhetoric around like lower cost per lead, lower cost per lead, lower cost per lead, right? Or I'm sure with you, Kelly, like low cost per click, low cost per click, low cost per click. And really what you have to figure out inside is this balance between, yes, you want your cost per lead to be as low as possible, but with the right people, with the right quality people, with the right fit, with the right target audience, right? I'd rather pay more for a quality click. Absolutely. Okay, Lindsay, share. Have you have you been testing out Advantage Plus? What have you noticed? Please share. Yeah, I, I mean, the same thing that both Anna and Kelly are saying is, is what I've noticed. If you have a client who has a course that could be both good for men and women, or isn't just necessarily for one type of interest, then the Advantage Plus placement is great for those audiences and those businesses and those offers. However, Similar to Kelly, I was with working with a client who was a divorce coach for women only. We tried the Advantage Plus placement. All of a sudden, she's getting men booking calls with her. And I was like, well, we only have women in our audience. I don't know why men are here until you read the fine print where it says Facebook will go beyond these preferences if they think it's going to get you a lower cost. And exactly to Anna and Kelly's point, lower cost isn't always what we're looking for in terms of cost per click or click through rate. We're looking for the right audience the right match to come in who's going to take that final step whether it's a sale book call whatever that is overall i think like it's a good thing to test if you have a bigger audience right but just be aware of some of the things that might come with it yeah and roxanne there is a way to override it you basically just select like you want to use original audiences instead of advantage plus and that's in the ad set so great question. Okay, so the next topic that I want to cover, and then again, we'll Kelly, Lindsay, whatever trends you guys wanted to talk through today. One thing that I have been testing is from a top of funnel, like immediately optimizing for sales instead of leads. So still using the same funnel, like you have a top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel, right? For courses and coaches, it's typically you are, the first step is getting someone to become a lead and they become a lead by entering their information on an opt-in page. And then typically then they're given something for free. It could be a free guide, Empowered by Passive Academy. We teach a free webinar. But when someone gives you their information, their name, their email address in exchange to get the free thing that you have for them, they become a lead. So the majority of the time, I would say, at least what I have seen from an industry standpoint is most people are optimizing for a lead, right? Because again, it goes back to that philosophy of, well, we want to get as many leads as we can in the door because then that equals more sales, right? So what we've been testing is, well, what if instead of optimizing for a lead and trying to get the lowest cost per lead, we're still sending them through the exact same funnel. So they have to become a lead first. But what we're really optimizing and telling Facebook is, not only do I want leads, but I want leads who are actually going to buy, which I think is really, really, really important to note. And right now we're seeing really, really good results with our top of funnel campaign being optimized for actual purchases. Okay. Now, a side note on this, our cost per lead is almost like triple, okay, what it would be if we were optimizing just for leads. But again, our cost per sale is actually better. The other thing to know on this is you typically can't start doing this until you actually have purchase data, right? Unless you're selling something that's a really small offer that you're going to get lots of purchases in a small amount of time, right? So like we've done this for even e-commerce businesses where it's like instead of immediately going to traffic, we just immediately optimize for purchases because it's a lower priced item, right? So you're able to build up that data for Facebook pretty quickly. Where when you're selling something like a coaching program or a course that's $500, $1,000, $2,000, right? 
it takes time to build up that data for Facebook to know, okay, who is actually purchasing? So if you're just starting out, you're probably still going to have to start with a optimizing for leads. But once you are running ads for a while and Facebook has data around who is purchasing, then this might be something for you to test. I don't know, Lindsay, Kelly, do you guys have any insights on that? I mean, Kelly, I know yours is you're doing more traffic campaigns, but I don't know if Lindsay, you've tested this out for some of your clients. So I have a lot of clients who are running webinar to court sale funnels. The thing about this that has to work, and, and and I kind of mentioned this, is like you have to have the pixel data. You also have to make sure your pixel is properly firing. Save so clients who are working with me and their pixel is tracking like 100 purchases, but on the back end, we're only seeing like 18 in a week, which is still amazing. But if the pixel is over-reporting or under-reporting in a huge way and the data isn't accurate, then it doesn't actually serve you to be optimizing for a purchase. So I think that is another point to look for is like accuracy of data. In that client's case, we're actually optimizing for initiate checkouts because it's much more accurate than purchase for whatever reason. I don't know where this purchase event is fired. Like we've looked through the whole funnel multiple times, but it is just vastly different than what we know is real. So I think that's another thing to look for is you need the data. You need to have some purchase events behind it but also it needs to be close to accurate. And that's important too. Kind of building on that, I'd love to know, Lindsay and Kelly, if we're not able to optimize for sales, what are some of the things or techniques that you guys use to help balance that cost per lead or cost per click, but also quality? For example, like what you were saying earlier, when there was... Lots of men who are clicking on your ad. Clearly, they're not the audience, right? So one of the ways is to not use Advantage Plus. Strategies that you use to help really make sure that like your ads are being shown to the right audience. So it's not just a low cost per click, but it's low cost per quality, but right? Or like you, Lindsay, when you're sending people to webinar funnel, making sure that not only are they a low cost per lead, but they're also a quality lead. I'm just giving some examples of things you might look for, like the size of the audience, the messaging in the ads, any add-on like targeting that you're doing. So like, for example, for us, for me, for my business, even with the optimizing for cost per leads, one thing that has really helped us, which is not necessarily saying you have to have this, but it does narrow our audience to make sure that we're kind of hitting the people that are our core audience is like for us, we almost always add on, you have to have a college degree, a master's degree or a doctorate degree because that just really fits with who our audience is. It's almost like an added layer as well as for like income level, things like that, that you can't necessarily do anymore. But that's one of the strategies that we use to balance like that low cost per lead with also making sure that they're a quality lead too and that they're the right audience. I'd say all of the above. I do as many of those things as I possibly can to try to, I kind of say, weed out the people who are not going to be interested. I mean, again, I'm doing a lot of novels, so it's it's different. I am doing more direct sales. So many authors are now selling off their website. So I am working a lot more with some of these sales, but still it's interesting because even for novels, you are weeding out people, right? Because you want the right reader. So with messaging, with the the image that you're showing, with targeting, with the landing page, with literally everything, I'm trying to make sure it appeals to the right person. Yeah. And I think in addition to like the messaging and the ad is looking at So there's a way to customize our view of things in Facebook Ads Manager where we can track and look at the lead, the cost for add to cart, the cost for initiate checkout, the cost for purchase. And so one thing that I like to look at, and I take some of this with a grain of salt, knowing that the Facebook pixel is never 100% accurate, but it gives me some idea of trends. If we're getting a lot of cheap leads in, am I also seeing them add to cart? Am I also seeing them initiate that checkout? Am I seeing them get closer to the purchase? How many purchases am I seeing this campaign or this audience, this ad lead to versus some of the others? 
And sometimes I'll make decisions based off that further down the line or down the funnel data, even though I'm optimizing for a lead, I can still see within Facebook an idea of how many initiate checkouts or purchases are coming from a lead campaign. Yeah, I think that's really important to really look at the whole customer journey, right? And making sure that you're getting people who are going through that customer journey. Absolutely. Hey there, friends. My goal for this podcast is to help as many people as possible build successful online businesses and have the money, time, and life you deserve. So if you know anyone who would benefit from this show, please share it with them. Send them a message, tag them in a post, take a screenshot of this and put it in your stories. Share it wherever you connect with your friends, family, or audience. I put in a lot of effort making this content super valuable for you, so I appreciate your help so much. Thank you, and now let's get back to the show. This is also just to know one of the main reasons why it's really, really important to get really focused on your messaging, right? Like that's another way to make sure that you are not just getting cheap leads, cheap clicks, but you're getting the right people in, right? So for example, in the Power of Passive Academy, we really work on what is your offer, right? Who is your offer for? Like, for example, I, I'm just thinking of one of our VIP uh, students who I just reviewed their webinar and their offer is about helping you like kind of boost up your metabolism in your 40s, right? Specifically for women. And that to me is a lot more specific. Like that is a good message because it's you're 40 plus, you're a woman, you're trying to lose weight or maybe you're gaining weight, right? Like that's a very specific audience versus just saying, I help women lose weight, right? Or I help anyone lose weight. Like it's very specific on like, here's who I help. Here's the pain points that they're going through. That's going to also help you hit your ideal quality audience versus just low cost quality quantity. And that's why I really like working on that offer, working on that messaging for AI Pro when you guys are working with your clients and they're filling out that messaging worksheet, like make them give you the information. Like I always give this example, but it's so true. That like my first client that I ever worked with running Facebook ads was a restaurant. And I asked them who their audience was and they literally said everyone because everyone has to eat. And I'm like, absolutely not. Okay. You serve $20 cocktails and it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, this is not for everyone. Like, this is for a very specific audience who's looking for a very specific experience. So that's just something that you have to think too when you're putting together your ads. The third thing that I wanted to talk about, and then I'm going to hand it over to Kelly and Lindsay, is just something to note, which is the cost for ads. And not necessarily like a trend that I'm seeing, but more just general information. So when you are looking at the cost for ads throughout the year, Q1 right now is the lowest cost per ad, okay? So this is when you're going to be getting the lowest cost per clicks, the lowest cost per leads, the, all of that, like that kind of top of funnel ads that you're running. This is the time to run because it really is the lowest cost throughout the entire year, okay? The second lowest time is during the summer. Third is then Q2, so April, May, June. And then the most expensive is in Q4. Now, that being said, the reason why ads are lower right now is because consumer spending is lower, right? If you think about it, like consumers spend the most in Q4. We have Black Friday, Christmas, everything, right? So even though ads might be lower, you might also see lower sales in Q1, depending on what you're selling, because of just consumer spending trends. And same within Q4. It might be the highest cost for ads, but you might be getting a ton of sales because of consumer spending. 
So I just wanted to share that with you guys as like just something to think about throughout the year as you're working on your business is that there is going to be seasonality in ads, right? There's going to be seasonality in your business in general. Like, for example, for us, the majority of people who come into our programs are parents, whether it's of little ones or big ones, like it doesn't matter. So like our lowest time is during the summer, right? Because kids are off school, people are going on vacation, like that is kind of our slow season. But again, it's the second lowest cost for ads during the year. So it's not necessarily we're saying, oh, we're not doing anything, right? But we just know that from a seasonality standpoint, what we can expect now for sales throughout the year. So just something to note, again, for the rest of the year, as you're seeing costs, like if costs go up in Q2, don't freak out. Like know that this is normal, right? But just make sure that then you're also getting the sales that you need as well. Awesome. Okay, I'm going to hand it over to Kelly and Lindsay. Do you guys have any trends, topics you wanted to share today? things you're noticing? I wanted to kind of discuss what some people consider a controversial topic, which is AI with ads. I'm aware that, again, it's a very controversial topic for some people because even within our own like running ads for people industry, for the people in AI Pro, like there's a lot of fear, first of all, around this. Like, is it going to take our jobs? And then there's the whole thing about copywriting and all that. But I do want to talk about the things that AI really can help with and the benefits and kind of downsides super quick. I'm not going to get into it too deep. I do want to preface this by saying when I'm talking about AI, though I'm really not talking about Facebook's like the text generated AI, like that it'll be like, here, I recommend this. Like most of the time, no, I wish I had prepared it. I wish I had this example, but I have examples of like, it said, try this as your ad text. It literally repeated the same three words over and over and over and over and over. And I was like, what? (laughs) How is this ad copy? So that's really not what I mean in terms of AI, although advantage plus targeting and all of that are really good examples of AI at work. But I do a lot with chat GPT. I have the pro version and everything. And aside from just the fact that it can help you at least brainstorm your copy. Like, I wouldn't say use ChatGPT and copy exactly what it says necessarily. But if you're coming up blank, you can say, hey, give me three ideas and it can help get you started at least brainstorming. It also has this awesome stuff now where you can help get started with images. I wouldn't necessarily use those either. But something that I'm really getting into now is data analysis with ChatGPT. And I don't know if anybody else has tried this. Anna, I don't know if you have either, but I actually pasted two years worth of sales data into ChatGPT recently and asked it to analyze for trends. And it had information about ad spend and sales and all of these different things. And of course, I'd already looked over it, but I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. And I was amazed at some of the things that it was able to pick up that my mind missed because I'm human. So I just kind of wanted to say this is becoming a bigger and bigger thing, right? But don't kind of be afraid of it because I don't think it's going to steal our jobs no matter what industry we're in, but it also can really help you dig deeper into your data and making decisions. There are things, sales data, things that I wouldn't have noticed that helped me make decisions that made our targeting better, that made even just our campaign changes better for some of these books. So I just kind of wanted to note like AI is a big trend and maybe don't trust the the Facebook copy, but think about other ways you might be able to utilize some of this AI for analysis for whatever to help you with your campaigns. I love the like analyzing data like you guys can literally like export the data from ads manager and then like paste it into chat gpt and say like analyze this tell me what i'm missing one way that i've been using chat gpt is if i am like if i have a piece of ad copy and that ad is performing really really well then i'll put it into chat gpt tell it like what it is who's the audience whatever give them the 
copy and then ask them to write like three more versions of it, right? Like that's just a really easy way to use AI. Like, because I'm going to be honest, like I feel like writing copy, I can do. Like literally yesterday I wrote an entire sales email sequence. But it's also like, if you ask me to write the same thing 20 different ways, like I just like can't do it. It's just so hard, right? I don't know. I'm just like, I'm fatigued. I wrote my best thing. Okay. I'm like, I did this one. I wrote it. It was the best. Why do I have to make it into 20 different versions? But I've actually, that's what I've been using it for is like, okay, like I can't keep using the same thing over and over again because that's how you get ad fatigue and copy fatigue. But it's also like, I am a human and I'm like, I wrote this really well once. I don't want to have to do it again. So I put it into ChatGPT and I ask it for options and alternatives that are similar. So I love that because for some reason, people think if you're using AI that you don't have the ability. And I'm like, no, no, like I was using it to help me compose an email, not even for work, for a personal thing to our board here. And I was like, no, I have the capability of doing this. I'm tired. I'm like, I have a kid. I'm busy. Okay. Like, I need some help with making this pretty. Okay. Like, there's no reason that using AI means you can't. Like, a hundred percent. Yeah. But I agree. Like, I don't see AI taking over like ads management at all. Facebook AI copy is absolutely horrific. If I can find like, my, have, like, hashtags in it. I'm like, when was the last time I put a hashtag in an ad? Like, it was just like, what? So I think that's really great to know, Kelly. Lindsay, do you have any, like, thoughts around? And of course, I should say, in Power by Passive, we also have our AI tools that are inside of the program. What's cool about those is it actually takes the framework that we use in Power by Passive and the power of ChatGPT. So it's not like just what you would get from a ChatGPT prompt because it's built on the framework inside the program. Lindsay, tell us, like, have you experimented with AI? How are you using it? Yeah, I mostly use it for hooks and headlines because that's where I feel like I can get the most, like, bang for my buck in terms of time and investment and moving the needle on ad. But I love the data idea. I've never tested that out, Kelly. I definitely think AI is something I want to lead into. And it's, to me, one of the things is just going to get stronger and stronger as it develops and a tool that we can use more and more and the marketing world. A couple of quick things I wanted to mention in terms of like trend. One is reels as ads. So like a short, even like a six to seven second video of you like typing at a computer or walking your dog or doing a thing that somehow is related to your life and your business with text overlay as an ad. I'm seeing those really explode in a lot of my clients' accounts. We're seeing lower cost per clicks. Therefore, we're seeing like more traffic to your website at a lower cost and more conversions on the back end. And that is definitely something we're testing out. You don't necessarily have to like hold your phone up and record a video for a video ad to be effective. So that's something to lean into. The other thing I wanted to quickly mention is it's a presidential election year, which means like as our presidential <laughs> campaign people start pumping more political ads into this sphere, we will likely see ad costs go up and we'll also likely see buyer habits affected a little bit by this. So if you're in a business or you have a client who has an offer that can expand into Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, I would really recommend you start testing some of those international audiences out now so that when August, September, October, November come and the US is freaking out, you have some other great options to really sustain your business or your clients' businesses through kind of like the little bit of turbulence that is to be expected and normal and won't last forever when we hit some of that um, presidential campaign stuff. Yeah, I think that's a really good important note. I'm glad you brought that up, Lindsay, because not only is it going to affect buyers, but it's like your costs for ads is going to skyrocket especially in that month leading up to the election, because people are going to be like, campaigns are just going to be dumping money. Like, I'm not kidding. So I think I mentioned this earlier. I worked on a presidential super PAC during a presidential election. And we were literally, I felt like I was like lighting money on fire. Like we were literally spending like $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 
hundreds of thousands of dollars a day in the like week leading up to the election. So I'm just trying like be aware. It's honestly, it's almost kind of similar to like my guidance around holidays. Like don't run a promotion around a holiday, like unless your client has a promotion for a holiday for AI Pro, right? But like for if you're a course creator or coach, like don't run a promotion around a holiday. Don't run a promotion around the election. And also be aware that the closer we get to the election, the more ads are going to be rejected because the sensitivity that Facebook is going to look at, like their sensitivity for what they are actually approving is going to go up the closer we get to the election. So that's also something to be aware of. I'm really glad you brought that up, Lindsay. Regarding reels for ads, right now in my business, that's the only thing we're using. It really is like for us, what we're seeing as quality and low cost. So I'm glad you brought that up too. And it doesn't have to be like crazy. I literally just now when Lindsay said that, I was like, why am I not recording this right now? So I just like got my phone out, put it on my desk and then started a time lapse video. I'm like, this is a great reel. Okay. You don't even have to talk in it. Like you can literally like I just shut it off. I just would put a time lapse on and like that to me is great. I just got content for a new reel, right? And it's a great way, like, I don't know, for me especially, I have been, I'm finally like not that sick anymore, but literally I've been sick for like a month and also I'm around small humans all the time. And it's like, if you're just like videotaping you doing something, you don't even have to talk. I literally have like not spoken on any of my social profiles in probably like a month, I feel like, because I've been sick. But it's a good way for people to still connect with you because they see you, right? And that's for AI pro members, that's really important. Like you have to remember that even if you're working with a business, right? People still are buying from people or businesses that they connect with. So this could be as simple as like, if you're working with an e-commerce business or I, I, there's a really good local boutique here who has like amped up their social media reels recently, but it's literally just like them, like even if they're unpacking the boxes from their manufacturer, right? Like that is a reel and that is an ad and also what I'm seeing, which I don't know if you're seeing this, Lindsay, but like the best ads oftentimes are like what pops organically. So if you say post three posts or three reels and you have one that performs really, really well organically, I have typically seen that that is also means that it's probably going to be a really good performer for an ad too. Yeah, definitely. Organic reels with conversion ad copy is a really great combination. So a lot of times my clients post reels, but their caption is very much focused toward that organic audience. But if we could take that reel and then pair it with conversion ad copy that's more focused with that cold audience in mind, we see that work really well. Yeah. And one thing I do want to know is you have to be timely with this as well, right? Like, I don't know if you guys are seeing it's, it's gotten better, but at the end of last year, sometimes inside of Ads Manager, like I would only be able to access like the past like 10 videos that I posted or something. Like it was like, so if you see something pop off or like your client has something that does well, like go in and immediately grab it so that you can use it. So just something to note too. One thing I wanted to just go back on real fast is that you, you said you use AI for hooks and headlines. Can you give us an example of like how you do this or the prompts you use just so that people understand how they can leverage that as well? Yeah. So if it's a new client that I'm working with, I will often put in like what their offer is. So one of my clients, it's a course on how to make money on Etsy. So I will type in kind of like the general idea of the course and I'll say, give me like three headlines and hooks to sell this course. It's more about the offer. Sometimes I will take ad copy or organic post or something that the client has posted and I will put that in there and I'll say, give me three headlines around this idea. I also use it for subject lines for emails. So I'll type up an email 
copy and paste that email into chat GPT and say, give me three subject line ideas for this email. Because sometimes by the time I've written the whole email, I'm like, hey, this email's great. I don't know what to name it. I don't know what to subject line it. So I'm going to get some help. So that's kind of how I go about that process. I love that. I love that. I think that's great. Okay, awesome. Kelly, Lindsay, are there any other trends, things you wanted to chat through? Otherwise, I'm going to toss it out to Q&A for a few. I just wanted to follow up on what she's saying, specific rules. So I do a lot with authors besides just ads. And one of the things I help with is book blurbs, like what's on an Amazon page. And you need to have a strong hook. So like Lindsay's talking about hooks. So I gave it like a long list of rules for things, including how to have a strong hook and said, here's the existing blurb. It's not good enough. Help me create a very strong hook and a new blurb for this. If you give it specific parameters, it can be very good at that. It's not perfect, but that's another thing. Like give it what you want it to do. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's really good to know. All right, great. You guys, hopefully this has been super helpful. I like loved this conversation. Yes. Okay, so let's toss it to Q&A. Now, you guys, if you have any questions about the topics we've chatted about today, or you have a question you want to cover, maybe something that you've been thinking about that we didn't mention, I'd love to talk through it. So, Suze says, should we be using Advantage Plus placements? Okay. So, Advantage Plus placements basically means that Facebook is going to share it their their main objective is just to get in front of the people who they think are going to take the action that you are optimizing for at the campaign level. It doesn't matter if it's it could be a reel, it could be a story, it could be on Facebook, it could be on Instagram. I think it's I don't even know if Messenger is a thing anymore. I feel like it's just basically anywhere where you can place an ad. Okay, Advantage Plus placement is going to put basically your ads everywhere. Okay. So I will say, in my opinion, when you are starting ads, I think using, which this basically used to be just auto placements. Okay. It's the same thing as what used to be labeled as auto placements. I personally think when you are first starting ads, that that is a really good, you should start with auto placements or advantage plus. Okay. Then if you're seeing trends around like, the majority of your purchases are coming from a specific platform, then you can test out manual placements, which is telling Facebook, like, I only want to show up on Instagram, or I only want to show up in stories, or I only want to show up on Reels, right? But I do think that the Advantage Plus or what was considered auto placements is probably the best place to start when you are starting ads. I don't know, Kelly, Lindsay, if you guys have opinions on that or not, but that's what I have seen. The only thing I want to add is if you're using a reel that has text and you go to Advantage Plus Auto Placements, mm. pick the feed placement and make sure you're not cutting off lines of copy from your reel that would make it not make sense. If that's the case, I will go into Canva. I will copy that video in there and I will just give it a little bit of a white space on the edge so that mm. Thing is still readable within that feed placement view. Yeah, that's really, really good to know. Okay, Roxanne says, would you discuss the seasonality effect with a client? Yeah, definitely. You definitely want to talk about seasonality with your clients. And like, if you are working with a new client, or even if you're not working with a new client, even if it's like you've been working with them for six months, it's a new year, it'd be a really good to have that conversation about seasonality, not just about what is the ad spend, but also get information from them of like, okay, we're going into a new year. Do you have any insights on the seasonality of your business that you have noticed? So ask them for what they have seen from their business even before working with you, because that's going to also help you provide the best recommendations, right? So again, like for us, like, the first year that we offered Advisory Insiders Pro, I've had no idea what type of seasonality to expect, right? You guys, what's crazy is this April is going to mark six years that we've been running the program, which crazy. So like now I have a really good understanding, but even if I have an understanding, like consumer habits six years ago, completely different than now, 
right? So it's also always changing. There is no like hard and fast rule of like, it's always this way, right? Because it was like, we went through 2018, 2019, and then 2020, and the consumer behavior was completely different in 2020 and 2021. And then 2022, it was like everyone wanted to get out and about. No one wanted to sit on their computer because all they've been doing for the last two years was being at home on their freaking computer, right? So, I mean, again, you also have to understand that there's things and trends that you can see and that we see, but it's always going to be evolving, which is why if you're an ads manager, you are always going to have a job because it's constantly changing and evolving. Dina, I'm new here. How do I get Lindsay to look at ads? Okay, yeah. So if you're empowered by passive, right? Lindsay is on our call every other week. Okay. So that's on Tuesdays at noon central time. It's always posted in the announcements on the community. And you also get an email every week with the information on how to uh, access the Zoom. Okay. And then, so that's every other week. And then Kelly is on our AI pro calls pretty much every week during this time, actually. This is their normal meet time. So yes, Lindsay is amazing. You guys, she's a rock. Both of you guys are amazing. And I'm just so excited that we all got to come together today. Okay, so since it's just super helpful, I'm going to really push for this year in 2024. We're going to do this at least once a quarter to really... One, so I can see Kelly and Lindsay's face is, but also so that we can continue to give you guys like the best support available and also so that you guys can stay on top of everything so that again, you're in the know with the latest and greatest and can get the results and things that you need for yourself and your clients too. So, all right, awesome, you guys. Thank you, Kelly and Lindsay. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, everyone who's still on. Thank you for joining. And of course, if you have any questions that you think of after this, pop into our private communities. We're here to answer whatever questions you have. And again, we're going to do these on a quarterly basis this year. So I'm excited to bring that to you. Kelly, do you want to share your info? And Lindsay, if you want to share, I mean, your website too, that's fine too. Yeah, if you want to, I mean, I can put it in the chat. If you want to contact me, you can follow me on socials, Sweet Money Marketing. Yeah. Um, and you can see adorable pictures of my dog, Honey, because um, the business is named after her. Also, some pictures of my adorable kid. With Lindsay underscore Keith underscore marketing. Is that right? Yes. Oh, okay. also throw, put my website in okay. the chat. Awesome. Perfect. Amazing. Great. Thank you all again. Have a great weekend and I'll see you all soon. Bye guys. Hey there, friend. If you enjoyed today's episode, then you definitely need to check out the Powered by Passive Academy. It is my program that teaches you how to make passive income with your own online course, membership, or coaching program. You can learn more about it at poweredbypassiveacademy.com slash learn more. Or if you're ready to enroll today, you can go to poweredbypassiveacademy.com and I'll see you inside the program. Bye.